You are listening to the You Are Techie podcast, episode number 58. Welcome to the You Are Techie podcast, where it's all about growing in your techiness so you can find the tech job of your dreams. And now your host, technology learning coach, Ellen Toomey. This episode is sponsored by our very limited time and free training, three strategies to jumpstart your junior developer career, specifically designed for moms. In this free training, I'll cover the strategies necessary to become a junior full stack developer, including the exact skills employers are looking for. You'll learn how to maximize your income with portfolio ready skills that hiring managers are seeking. Not to mention the steps to skip so you don't find yourself down that endless tech learning rabbit hole. Join me live for the three strategies to jumpstart your junior developer portfolio. Sign up at youartechie.com slash dev. That's Y-O-U-A-R-E-T-E-C-H-Y dot com slash D-E-V. I'll see you there. To become your best you requires a goal, a thoughtful description about a future destination. I love this quote by Lewis Carroll, the author of Alice in Wonderland, which is so telling in regards to goals. It's an exchange between Alice and the Cheshire Cat. Alice starts off, would you tell me please which way I ought to go from here? That depends a great deal on where you want to get to, said the cat. I don't much care where, said Alice. Then it doesn't matter which way you go, said the cat. As long as I get somewhere, Alice added as an explanation. Oh, you're sure to do that, said the cat. If only you walk long enough. I love that exchange because it is, while a fairy tale in fiction, it is so telling. Because which way should you go? That is why defining your destination is so important. And honestly, don't do anything until you do that. Define your destination. Sometimes my coachee will answer in response to my question of what do you want from this coaching relationship with the answer of guidance on where I should go. They're disappointed when I explain that telling them which destination to head is not how I can help them. It's up to them to decide which direction to head in and my job to help them get there. I know that's a hard concept for many of you, maybe even most of you listening. And you're here because you're wondering what I think is best for your career. I mean, I'm a technology learning expert, So you are likely coming to me to think that I should be able to look at your skills and tell you what you can do with those skills. I mean, it's a logical conclusion, but all I can really do is offer you the options. It's up to you to decide what the destination is. And that's because to become your best you, you have to be willing to put in the work. I'm going to be honest, most people aren't willing to put in the work. It requires an unparalleled amount of perseverance. 
much more than you think you have when you begin your journey. What a great coach or expert can help you determine is once you've defined your goal, what are the action steps that will actually get you there? Now, this is important. It might sound a little trite, but it's not, I promise. What action steps will actually get you to your destination are not the action steps that you are comfortable with or the ones that you've already been taking. Because if you do more of what you're already doing, then you will not get to your destination. Otherwise, you would have already been there. And I know I know that's a little bit of backward logic, but let me let me explain what I mean here, okay? The Indeed Death Scroll. So if you've been in one of my courses or or a free webinar, if you heard me talk about the Indeed Death Scroll, that's what I coined the term when I would use my kids' nap time to sit on the couch and scroll mindlessly through Indeed job postings. Now I want to clarify, it's not Indeed's fault, okay? So don't blame them. <laughs> you need to expect that Indeed is going to be overwhelming at times, and that's because they have a lot of options of job postings, and that serves a purpose. There are other job platforms that offer fewer job postings, which can also be good. It's like the Trader Joe mentality of job posting, right? You have fewer options, but Indeed serves its purpose. The problem that many of you make and I made for a long time was reading through job postings and using that action as evidence of your commitment to your goal of getting hired. Now, as someone who has seen a lot of women get hired in tech, I'm here to tell you that looking at job postings is not the right action to get hired. You can argue with me or tell me why it's so helpful, but really when you're looking for just scrolling through job postings, what you're really doing is like testing the waters. Now, for those of you who are like, no, I'm actively applying, okay? Well, that's a different action, but it's important because many of us will just go look at job postings. You know, let me look at the job postings every day. I'm, 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 look, I'm actively in the job market because I'm looking at job postings. That is not the action step that will get you hired. Okay. I understand that you might disagree with me. You might even be angry that I'm saying it, and that's okay because <laughs> that's usually my reaction When someone ahead of me in the entrepreneurial game gives me advice, they've been there, they've seen it, they know better than me, but I might get even angry initially if they tell me that I should be doing something different or I can see how much it will help me to execute the action at a different level. So even taking a similar action, but at a different level I oftentimes, the, my initial reaction is like discomfort or anger or that's annoying, but the reality is that if that action is in line with what my goals are, then that's what I should be doing because the actions I'm taking haven't gotten me to my goals yet. So when it comes to jobs, knowing which job and who to network with for that job is infinitely, an infinitely better action to take than scrolling job postings. 
Now, it's more uncomfortable. Some of you just had a visceral reaction to the word networking. And I agree. It's not a great a term because you can actually talk to neighbors or friends or people in a Facebook group. And it doesn't have to be this big, weird, awkward thing. You can just practice telling people that you're looking for a specific job. Okay. Here's the thing. You probably won't do it right in the beginning. So when you start to networking, you're going to be nervous. You're going to feel like I'm not sure if I'm allowed to look for this job, but you are always allowed to look for a job. And if you look for it and someone's like, well, do you have the skills for that? Well, then you can start to develop the skills or you can say, well, I have X, Y, and Z. And if they say, but you don't have A, that's great information. It might hurt your heart at first, but it shouldn't because you can always fill in a learning gap. So don't expect yourself to be good at this in the beginning, networking or just telling people about your job. Start right away with what your job goal is, because the more you do it, the better you will get at it. Also, if you try and persevere through this ambiguous, stressful situation, it's going to start to look like a map, a map of actions that lead to your destination with that good information. Like, I think you need this skill, but don't just listen to one person because oftentimes people don't understand. But if you get that same, if you hear that same thing three, four, five times, then that's information. And you can even ask them, hey, I don't have this skill yet. Is that is that something you think I need? What do you think? So it's important. That's why I like you to talk to other people in industry, in those positions, on the team with people of the position you want, because those actions get you so much further than looking at a job posting, where to be honest with you, most people are not applying because they have 80 and 90 or 100% of the job skills. They don't. They, they have maybe 40 or 60%. And if you have all of the skills you might want to reevaluate if you're pushing yourself. You want a job where you're going to learn a little bit. You don't have to know 100% of things going in. And if someone can trust you on a personal level first and then see your skills, that's a great way for them to hire you. So in order to become your best you, I want to talk about what we should stop doing, what we should start doing, and what we should keep doing. This is really the only thing that you should focus on as you're thinking about you're going into the holidays and you're taking a break and you're stepping away. It's a great time for your mind to kind of be free of all the tasks, to-dos, and things that you've been doing because it's really good for us to clean out what we should stop doing. Maybe we have some habits that aren't helping us. We might even think that we're doing habits that are part of our job search, but maybe we can let go of those. What if you like never searched Indeed again? Sorry, Indeed. But like, what if you never search them again? So many of us are totally comfortable focusing on what to start doing, but what to stop doing is actually far, far more important. So I encourage you to focus on that. I've seen many more students fail because they had too much going on than not enough. Definitely a problem. They fill up their plate so full they don't have enough time for the thoughtfulness and perseverance that is required to be successful. Much more thoughtfulness and perseverance than to-dos. So give me someone with perseverance any day of the week. Ask yourself, what will you stop doing this year and into the next year? What can you eliminate 
that will help you achieve your goals. Now, I'm talking in generalities, which is great, and I'm sure that you thought of some things as I asked you those questions, but let me give you some specifics in regards to what you might want to consider stopping based on what I've seen from my students and from my own experiences. Here are some examples of what you might want to consider stop doing. Okay, do you need to stop talking without thinking? This can also come across as rambling. You could practice that in your personal life, at at parties, uh, with friends, and that will help you when you get to the interview phase. Do you need to stop talking without thinking, also known as rambling? What about gossiping? Do you need to stop thinking about other people and the mistakes that they're making? Is that hurting you? What about thinking someone should give you a chance? You might think that's a very innocent thought, but no one can give you a chance. You create your own chance. Maybe it's the Indeed death scroll. Maybe you need to stop doing that. What about overeating? Oftentimes we're using overeating or drinking, over drinking as a buffer, as a way to avoid feeling the feelings of inadequacy or I haven't gotten there yet or haven't achieved my goal. And if you would just pause for a minute and feel those feelings, you might actually take better action than eating or drinking and actually achieve your goal. Now, as we head into the holiday season, you don't have to necessarily be taking action on your goal. You might be resting, you might be hanging with family, but just look at when you overeat or overdrink and think of ways to pause that and how can you have a good time and do something fun without doing that. It'll help you through throughout your your career and your journey. Maybe you need to stop having no morning routine. Stop waking up and just whatever happens in the morning. What about stopping having no mind direction? That's like almost a negative. Like letting your emotions guide you through all of your choices when deciding what actions to take. Maybe you need to stop doing that. And instead of letting your emotions guide it, let your calendar and what you've decided ahead of time decide. Maybe you need to stop feeling sorry for yourself or stop feeling like a victim of someone else's poor behavior. Maybe you need to stop devoting time towards why someone else should change. Ooh, I love that one. Oh, I love that one. I think that um, a lot of us could use help with that. I think I need to ask myself that one too. Okay, here's one of my favorites. Do you need to stop beating yourself up? Let's do that. Let's stop that one. Do you need to stop thinking you are responsible for anyone else's state of anger, sadness, madness, frustration? I'm going to repeat that one because we like to take that one on, don't we? Do you need to stop feeling responsible for someone else's emotional state, whether that's sadness or madness? Do you need to stop thinking you can fix everything? And what about stopping constantly going without downtime? How about that one? Those are some things to think about. Okay, now on to start doing. And this one is subtitled, Why You Don't Sound As Smart As You Are. What? Okay, I'm going to teach you how to sound way, way more intelligent. 
And I know you're intelligent, but sometimes if we're talking without thinking or rambling or we're jumping in, we don't always sound our best selves. So what to start doing to become your best self is actually to start talking less and start thinking, listening, and even practicing and writing more. I know, I feel like a broken record on this, but I can't state it enough because it's so important to come across as a professional who is clear and thoughtful. And you can practice this with your family and friends over the holidays. In fact, that's like the greatest environment to practice it. You don't want to be a rambling person who wants to throw everything at another person. No one wants to have that experience in an interview or everyday life. If you just output everything that's in your brain with no filter. And you might say, well, no, I, I've got a lot more in my brain, but sometimes people can't even handle the small amount that we do throw at them. So practicing that empathy of what can they handle? Okay. So I know the writing thing. I probably sound like a broken record, but I can literally tell which of my coaches has been journaling and which is not. And a few minutes into the session, they'll like confess, I, I haven't been journaling. And then they think I'm a mind reader when I'm like, yeah, I already know. And they might feel guilty, but that isn't the problem. The problem is that practicing being prepared for our sessions is good for them, right? It's not just about empathy towards me that they're clear-headed for me. It's actually the preparation that they need to have because it's an opportunity for them to practice how they can deliver in an interview, how they can deliver with a teammate, how they can deliver when they're talking to a mentor. Any of those are great examples of how writing down your thoughts first and being prepared helps you so much. And you're going to sound smarter too. How cool is that? So a lot of times people come to our community because they, they want to be more confident. So to sound confident and professional, what I recommend is for you to be prepared. And the way to do that, I'm just going to review it, is to think more, listen more, write more, and practice more. Now, you might avoid doing these things because you can't see the immediate output, like, for example a deliverable that you're creating for your portfolio. Here's the problem. You might not notice the immediate outward presentation, okay? But actually others can. That hiring manager can tell if you have thought about the company. If you've listened to the question and focused on answering it as opposed to going down an endless ramble only to come up and ask, what was the question? And that hiring manager can tell if you've taken the time and written down your answers prior to the interview. Now, admittedly, you, you can't predict every question, but you can write down a few stories that illustrate the qualities that you are aligned to that position. And that, my friends, is always going to come in handy. Even if you don't know the exact answer, because you can't know the exact question they're going to ask, 
you're putting yourself in a better, more prepared position to answer the question successfully when you have ready-to-go stories that are well thought out and written down. And then fourth, if you practice those stories, like you say them out loud to a friend, a spouse, mentor, your coach, then you get feedback and you listen to the feedback and you think about the feedback and decide whether you're going to implement that feedback or not. And then you rewrite your answers based on those elements of feedback that you feel are most important. This is your circle of control. You don't have to just do what everyone, they gave you feedback, you should do it. You filter it through your own filters. Now you've practiced saying them out loud. Again, I'm going back to, you're going to sound more confident. Why? Because you've prepared those stories. And the stories are going to illustrate some of your best examples of leadership or technical skills or overcoming a challenge. You do those three, you have those three ready to go for an interview, you're pretty much going to be able to use one. I bet there's an opportunity to answer a question that is going to address one of the the stories that you've prepared. And if you've gone over it, it really, really can help to kind of filter out the excess and then say it in a clear way, that's how you come across more confidently. This is another reason why I recommend networking as a major tool to getting a job. It also enables you the opportunity to practice the same skills and stories that you're going to say in an interview. And it's um, a way to do it without all the pressure of the interview. So you're getting all the practice time. Um, Networking is not just oh, okay, hi, I'm looking for a job. Do you have one? No, it's about building a community that is there to help you. And you are there to help them as well. But I already know you guys are givers. So you're going to help them. I'm sure of it. I see it all the time. But if you have those community members that you can practice with, if you say those stories enough times, it's going to feel like old hat by the time you get to the interview and you're just going to crush it. So let me give you a specific example. I ask my coaches, what are your salary expectations? Just like an HR or hiring manager might ask them. But I make them answer again and again and again. And I have them repeat it as often as they need. I have them research the number so they're really confident that that number aligns with their skills. Then I assign them homework to write it down and have their spouses ask them or their best friend and practice saying it again and again until they say it exactly as they know it because they've practiced it so many times. And here's the thing. It works like a charm because many, many of you out there are underpaid. And the difference between being underpaid and earning your value is knowing it and practicing it. This is how women in our community can double their salary or level up 30K, or go from staying at home to a very high salary. It is possible, but it requires your best you. And to be your best you, you need to be confident, professional, and prepared. And so you want to start thinking more, listening more, writing more, and practicing more. Okay, let's talk about keep doing because this is very important. 
and arguably at the heart of you are techie because we believe and preach that execution is your problem, not your ability. So when you're becoming your best you, one of the main problems that tech newbies have is they attribute their lack of mastery to ability, not execution. When we're learning something new and hard like tech skills that are required to get a job, so tech skills that are required to get a job, very hard, okay? It requires a higher level of execution and perseverance than any of us can really fully comprehend at the beginning. That's because at the beginning, we're excited, we're thrilled by new possibilities, we're also overwhelmed by all the paths to achieve our goals, and likely will be distracted by seemingly relevant or related paths. Oh, look, another $10 Udemy course. That's definitely going to help me. But that isn't usually the case. Now, Udemy, again, like indeed, nothing inherently wrong. Udemy has a lot of great content. But think about it like this. Is it helping you get the job? If that's your goal, then that's not an investment you want to make. Even if it is $10, it's the time that is more of an investment. So to get a job in tech, what you really need is a portfolio in real world experience, which we preach as free, in quotes, freelance work, and then networking with people who can actually help you or even hire you. That's what you really need, a real world portfolio and networking with people who can help you. So if that $10 Udemy course is helping you directly execute one of those two things, I would say go for it. And if not, I say skip it. The problem comes when you try to do something, think you aren't good at it, aka you learn something else, when what you really need to do is to keep doing that thing that you aren't very good at yet, because the reason you aren't very good is not that you're not inclined. It's you haven't executed enough times. And here's the thing, ladies, it requires more execution in practice than you can imagine at the beginning because you are overwhelmed. So if you've ever heard of Malcolm Gladwell's 2,000 hours rule to mastery, that's a good benchmark. Not that you have to do 2,000 hours before you get hired, just that to be a master, it really takes a lot of, lot of time, okay? So just keep doing that really hard thing again and again each day and you will get better. Now, if you step away before you get frustrated and you celebrate even small wins, those are the ways to continually keep yourself moving forward, even if your execution doesn't always feel like forward progress. And wireframing in a new software like Figma or writing React code in JS Fiddle, those are good examples of skills that require execution. And those fall into the category of keep doing. Okay. So during this holiday season, I know you're going to be taking time to refresh and restore, and I want to encourage you to do that. I also want to encourage you to not look at your after rest time as jumping back in. Please don't jump back into your work. 
Instead, be thoughtful about what your goal is. Decide what you're going to start doing. Focus on what you're going to stop doing and then stop doing it. And then decide what to keep doing. And then keep doing more of that. Remember that most of us are not allowing ourselves enough time and depth at a particular skill. This is why we feel the need to overlearn multiple different skills. We're scared that we're not valuable enough with our limited skill set. But instead, I want you to be confident that what you know is important and do more of that because becoming a master requires more execution than we can comprehend at the beginning. And so as you become your best you through this holiday season, I want to remind you that you are techie. You are capable of earning more money and executing at a very high level. If you continually ask yourself these questions and evaluate what to start doing, what to stop doing, and what to keep doing. I'm so grateful you came by today. Have a very Merry Christmas, and I'll see you next time. Hey, if you enjoyed listening to this podcast, you have to sign up for the UR Techie email list. Imagine being in the tech job of your dreams. Join me to get the strategies, training, and never-ending support to get hired. Sign up at URTechie.com. That's Y-O-U-A-R-E-T-E-C-H-Y dot com. I'll see you next time.